All right, well, you probably know that we, for most of you who have been attending recently, you know that we're in a family Sunday series. Uh, Throughout the summer, we usually do this. We have family Sundays where the kids join us and the sermons are maybe a little bit more geared to also include uh, kids as well. Um, And part of that is the quiz, the review quiz. So Luke sent me his questions, and I uh, decided to change things up a little bit. So I have honey roasted peanuts, salted peanuts, and sunflower seeds. So you kids will feel like you're at a brewer game. Um, But well, I'll ask the, uh, we'll start over here as well, see if there's any kids who know the answer, and then we'll move our way to to my left. Uh, Question number one from last week, is there anyone... And I'll, you know what? I'll open this one up to the entire, anyone who can get, any kid who can get the entire definition of faith that's being used in this series. Okay, okay here we go. Can you get it? Can you fill in all the blanks? There's a lot of them. Faith is, you know what? I should have brought a lot more of these. Because of the, the good efforts and trying. Um, thank you very much. Very good. Here we, yes, you can share. Yeah. Okay, excellent. Faith is believing in the unseen reality of our God and what he is doing. All right, number two. How long did Moses' parents try to hide him? We'll do this section right here. How long did Moses' parents try to hide him? Or they were successful in hiding them for that long. Anyone else? No kids yet, but we'll... Okay, so... Anyone who's not a... Okay, three months. Excellent. Oh, you can choose. Number three. Who stayed back to watch what would happen to Moses when he was left in a basket by the Nile? This section? Yes, Moses' sister. Very good. Oh, short. Sorry about that. And uh, number four, what happened to Moses when he was left by the river? We'll move over to here. What happened to Moses when he was left by the river? A, a crocodile carried the basket away. B, he floated away to safety. C, Pharaoh's daughter found him. Or D, his basket sunk. C, very good. Excellent. And then... One last one, who gave Moses his name? Any, any kids anywhere? You know it? Okay. Turn over here. Pharaoh's daughter. Very good. Excellent. Good job. Give them a hand. All right, so that's where Pastor Luke left off last week with that story. Um, And so we'll pick up from there. And we've been kind of going through Hebrews chapter 11 and looking at different people that it describes having faith and what God used them to accomplish through their faith. And there's a lot in Hebrews 11, so we're not able to cover all of the stories, but we're just kind of moving through. And so the next part that I want to focus on is in verse 29. If you have your Bibles, if you can turn please, to Hebrews chapter 11, and we'll be picking up from verse 29. 
So we'll continue to look at different faith heroes and how regular people lived amazing lives of faith. And it says in Hebrews 11, verse 29, it says, By faith the people crossed the Red Sea as on dry land, but the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. Now, if you remember the story that leads up to this, kind of the context of this story, after God had punished the Egyptians with ten plagues, then Moses led the Israelites out of Egypt and is leading them towards the promised land. But God tells Moses, unexpectedly probably to him, he tells him to go to a specific location, uh, which was not the way that he thought initially he'd be headed, but he tells him to go to a very specific location between, he says, Migdal and the sea. And that means that they were in a spot where they couldn't go any further because the sea was right in front of them. Here's a picture of probably what they were looking at. This is right on the shores, looking at the Red Sea, probably about at the spot where they were. So this might have been their view where they're looking, and they say, well, there's nowhere to go. And then once they got there, they turned around, and suddenly they saw this great Egyptian army that was chasing them from behind. So now they're trapped. Because they have the Red Sea in front of them, they can't go forward. They also can't turn around because they have the Egyptian army behind them. And it's at this point that God tells Moses to raise his staff over the sea, and that's when God parts the waters. And that allowed the Israelites to then walk through uh, the Red Sea with the walls of water parted on each side. And they were able to start walking through the Red Sea on dry grounds. And this is probably somewhat similar to what they would have been looking at that day. And because this never happened before, some people think that Moses took the opportunity to use his selfie staff and get a picture with his friends. <laughs> it's hard to confirm whether this actually took place. But eventually the Israelites were able to cross safely and to reach the other side of the Red Sea. And of course, if you know the story, at that point, Pharaoh said, charge. And they took off and followed and went right into the Red Sea uh, as well, the Egyptian army. And that's when God brought the waters crashing down on them and the entire Egyptian army drowned. And the Bible says that the bodies of the Egyptian army washed up on shore. I mean, it, it, this is an absolutely amazing story. Most everybody has heard this story in the Bible. Even if you're not familiar with much of the Bible, you've heard about this story. Nothing has ever happened, even remotely, like this in all of history. It shows us the amazing power of God. I mean, they've even recently found what they believe are Egyptian chariot wheels, chariot axles, and remains of humans and horses covered in coral on the floor of the Red Sea. Fascinating, fascinating. So this basically helps to determine the exact location where they would have been crossing. An amazing archaeological find. And just confirming what the Bible says. But this story not only shows us 
and teaches us about the amazing power of God. But if you look closely at the story, there are several lessons of faith that we can learn from the story as well. So I just want to point out three of those lessons of faith this morning that, that stood out to me when I was reading through this this last week. Three lessons of faith. Number one, by faith, Moses was calm when it looked like they were trapped. Look at what the Bible says in Exodus 13, verses 17 and 18. It says, When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. But God led the people around by the way of the wilderness toward the Red Sea. So as the Bible points out, God didn't lead the Israelites along the direct route to the promised land where they know this is the land that God promised to, to us, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob's descendants. Instead, God led them the long way. And Moses probably would have been familiar and would have recognized that this is the long way better than anyone because he had already spent 40 years as a shepherd out in this area, out in this wilderness. And he had already gone to and from Egypt. So he knew this is not the direct route, probably more than the other Israelites because they had spent their whole life in Egypt. They weren't familiar with what was outside. So Moses was aware that God was leading them the long way. And I'm sure that he probably wasn't excited about it. Most of us know what it's like to take the long way. We've been doing it for several months now, every time we come to church. It's not fun. But eventually, the construction will be over, and we'll be able to come directly here. It may or may not take 40 years of us wandering around, but eventually we will be able to come directly here the short way. And it definitely wasn't fun for the Israelites to take the long route either, especially because they, had, they went much further out of the way, many more miles out of the way, and of course they were walking. Um, so it, no lo- it not only was the longer route, but as it says also in the Bible, it was specifically to a spot where they would be trapped. It says in verses 1 and 2 of Exodus, Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell the people of Israel to turn back and encamp in front of Pihahiroth, between Migdal and the sea, in front of Baal Zephon. You shall encamp facing it by the sea. For Pharaoh will say of the people of Israel, they are wandering in the land. The wilderness has shut them in. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will pursue them. And I will get glory over Pharaoh and all his hosts, and the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. And they did so. So God specifically tells Moses to have the Israelites encamp in a place where he knew the Israelites would be trapped. They would have the sea facing them in front of them, and then God would bring the Egyptian army to pursue them from behind. Again, this is all exactly what God wanted to happen. It was his plan. And it's exactly what did happen. Pharaoh decided, hey, we've lost our slaves. He got his, entire, he got his army and they took off and they started chasing the Israelites. Basically, if you could put it into a picture, it probably was something like this that the Israelites felt at that moment. 
If you're familiar with this movie and with this scene, you know that the walls started coming in on them. And that's kind of what the Israelites felt. Not only did they have the Red Sea and the Egyptian army, one of those walls was closing in on them, the Egyptian army. And all God tells Moses is that he will get glory over the Egyptians. That's it. And I will get glory over Pharaoh and all his hosts, and the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. God doesn't tell Moses how he's going to get glory. He doesn't tell Moses how he's going to save all of them in this situation. Moses just has to trust God. So think about it. Moses is leading millions of people. He knows that they haven't taken the direct route. And now they're all trapped in a spot where they can't go anywhere and death seems certain. And then on top of it all, he's got all the Israelites complaining to him. It says in verses 11 and 12 of chapter 14, they said to Moses, is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us in bringing us out of Egypt? Is not this what we said to you in Egypt? Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. So you can imagine this is probably a lot of stress for Moses, all that he is facing at this moment. And you've probably found yourself in situations similar to this. Maybe not exactly this, where you think you've probably led millions of people to their death, but you've faced situations where you now don't understand why God has led you to this spot in your life. And you don't know. You know, you you feel trapped. You have nowhere to turn. And people are counting on you. And you're at a loss. And you feel completely helpless. That's where Moses was. But instead of getting angry, instead of getting worried, look at what Moses' reaction is. In verse 13 of Exodus 14, it says, And Moses said to the people, Fear not. Just stand firm. Just stand firm. Basically, nobody be afraid. I know we're trapped, but it's okay. God has a plan. Stand firm. Don't take off running. Don't panic. Don't start digging a grave for yourself out here. Just stand firm. Be calm. God is in control. Moses appeared to be completely calm despite the situation that he was in. And it was by faith in God that he was able to remain calm. Specifically, by faith in God. That's how he was able to remain calm. He knew God would deliver them. And that's also the way that we should face similar situations that we are in when we're not in control. We can remain calm. When we're not in control, that's a good thing. That's actually a good thing because that's God saying to us, I am. I am in control. I will take care of everything. So number one, when you face situations where you feel that there's nowhere to turn and you're definitely not in control, you can remain calm. God will deliver you. Keep your eyes on him. He is faithful. Number two, by faith, Moses predicted 
that God would deliver them. He predicted, he said it out loud. Look again at what it says, Exodus 14, 13 and 14. It says, And Moses said to the people, Fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be silent. That's amazing. I mean, remember, Moses still has no clue what God is going to do. He has no idea. All he knows is they are trapped, and God would take care of everything. And it'd be easy for him to just, you know, go quietly into his tent, cross his fingers, and hope for the best. That would definitely be the easier thing. But, still, Moses says very confidently, out loud to all the people, that God would save them all that very day. And he would work a miracle for them. That is faith. You know, so often, and I definitely am certainly guilty of this, so often we, like, we, we often play it safe and stay silent when we're in the midst of a difficult trial. And we don't, we don't see any reason for being, you know, we don't, we don't see any reason to be positive because everything looks bad. And it literally sometimes looks like it's impossible for anything good to happen. There are times when we're in those type of situations. And we think, you know, I'll just, you know, at the very least, we, wanna, we don't want to say everything's okay and come across like we don't really grasp how serious this is or what kind of a situation that we're in. We don't want to look like we're out of touch with reality. And we don't grasp the seriousness of our dilemma. But man, when, when a Christian who is right in the middle of a very serious and difficult trial is both calm and says, you know what? Honestly, it's okay. I'm not worried at all. I know that God will take care of everything. I know he is in complete control. That is such an encouragement to hear. When you hear someone speak that in the middle of their trial, it's incredibly encouraging because you know that that person's faith is real. You know it is real. And it pleases God because it not only shows God how confident you are that he will deliver you, but it also shows other people how confident, how trustworthy God is. It puts him on display. It shows that you are willing to bet everything on God. And of course, you know it's not really a bet at all. It's a sure thing. You know it. He's always helped you. So many times before he's helped you. And you, you find yourself in the situation where you're like, I've been here before. Many times I've been here before. And every time God has helped me. And so you start to say it out loud too. Because that confidence builds up. You know God is faithful. And you start to speak it out loud. Just like Moses. In fact, for you kids, to maybe, maybe it's something similar to this. You might call it something like spiritual trash talking. If you, any kids or anyone who's familiar with sports, you know that someone who trash talks, there's someone who is so confident that they're going to beat you, 
that they tell you beforehand how they're going to beat you um, and that they're going to defeat you. They're so confident. And sometimes they're able to back it up, sometimes they're not. Here are a couple of the biggest trash talkers in the NBA in the 90s. Michael Jordan and Gary Payton. But spiritual trash talking, if it was a real thing, would be a good thing. Real trash talking is prideful, not very good, but this would be a good thing. When you say you're not scared at all, you're not worried because God is in control and he will take care of everything on your behalf. God can always back it up and he will always back it up. He may not do exactly what you're expecting, but he will always be there to back up your confidence in him. He will always deliver you. He will always help you. That you can be sure of as long as you keep your eyes and your trust in him. And you can be like Moses who very confidently said, see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you and you have only to be silent. So this is a great lesson in faith, to be confident in God's help. Tell people that you are, you're okay. You're okay because you know for sure that God will take care of you, and you know they're free to stick around and watch what happens. So number two, don't be afraid to tell people that you know for sure that God will take care of you because he always has. It's a great testimony and brings glory to God. And then number three, by faith, the people obeyed God and crossed on dry ground. Uh, Again, in verse 29 of Hebrews 11, it says, By faith, the people crossed the Red Sea as on dry ground. Of course, you look at that and you may think, well, why did it take faith to walk on dry ground? It's easy to walk on dry ground. We walk on dry ground all the time. And there's a lot of things that are easy to walk across on dry ground. It's easy to walk across the street on dry ground. It's easy to walk across a park on dry ground or your kitchen floor, but it's not easy to walk across the Red Sea on dry ground. Why? Because of what it says in verse 29 of Exodus 14. But the people of Israel walked on dry ground through the sea, the waters being a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. That's why it's not easy to walk through the Red Sea on dry ground, because you've got this massive wall of water on one side and another massive wall of water on the other side. I mean, you would be looking at that and having to walk out into the middle of it. How easy, kids, do you think it would be for you to walk out into the middle of this? I mean, put yourself in that situation. Not just, you know, a couple steps to where you can quickly run back, but walking out into the middle where you've got these massive walls of water on both sides. It would not be easy. Or what about this? Here's another picture. Do you think that this would be easy? Okay. Would it be easy for any of you to walk across this bridge? This is a bridge in in Pakistan. It looks pretty scary to cross. Um... But at least the water from below, if you were to cross this bridge, at least the water's not going to you know, come up and swallow you from below, right? At least people have walked across this before. It's been done. 
And at least these bridges were actually made for the purpose of walking across. Not very well. (laughs) But that's why they were made, to walk across. But no one had ever walked out into the middle of a sea before. Never. It, It never happened. This was a first. And the Red Sea wasn't created for people to walk across. It was created to look at, to sail a boat on. So I imagine it would have been pretty hard to walk out, on, even on dry ground, across the Red Sea. And remember, it's not a crazy idea for the Israelites to be afraid that, eh, maybe the waters will just come crashing down on us once we're out in the middle. That's not a crazy idea because that's exactly what happened to the Egyptians who followed after them. Remember, the rest of verse 29 in Hebrews 11 says, but the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. So it's a legitimate fear. Of course, some people might say, well, the Egyptians were chasing them, so they, it would have been easy for them. It was their only choice. But I'm not, I don't know about that. I'm not sure that would have made it a whole lot easier. Because even if they thought the Egyptians were going to kill them, it's much easier usually in those situations to just do nothing rather than to voluntarily put yourself in a situation, you know, move yourself to a situation where you feel like you're going to die. Usually it's just easier to do nothing and hope for the best. Not only that, but the Egyptians likely weren't going to kill them. Remember, the whole reason that it says in the Bible that they started chasing is because they realized they lost their slaves. So they probably were just going again to capture them, to bring them back to live as slaves again. And that was a life that was familiar to the Israelites. Oh, That's life as usual. That's the only life we've ever known. So it's very familiar, so that would have been the easy choice to stay there. Let's just go back with them. So it took, I believe, a lot of faith to obey God and to walk out into the middle of the Red Sea with a wall of water on both sides of them. But by faith, specifically by faith, they obeyed. All night they trusted God and took one step of faith after the next until finally they got all the way through and reached the other side. And there's a lesson in that as well. Sometimes there will be a dark season in your life where you just have to keep taking steps of faith. Like the Israelites who had to walk all night through the Red Sea, with walls of water on both sides. All night, they had just had to take one step of faith after the next. But eventually, they were able to reach the other side. The night was over. God brought the waters crashing down on their enemies, and they were able to start a new life. And that's exactly what God will do for us. If we will just continue to take one step of faith after the next, eventually, he will greatly reward our faith. He will bring the light He will take away our fears, he will set us free, and we'll start a new life. So it takes obedience, it takes faith. It takes one step of faith after the next. So let's keep these three points in mind from this story as we finish up today. Number one, by faith. Moses was calm when it looked like they were trapped. And when you face situations where you feel like there's nowhere to turn, you're not in control, maybe people also depend on you, you can remain calm. 
God will deliver you. He is faithful. Just keep your eyes on him. Number two, by faith Moses predicted the deliverance of the Lord. He was confident. So the same way, don't be afraid to, to even say out loud, to tell people. Humbly but confidently, tell them that you know for sure that God will take care of you because he always has. It'll be a great testimony. And then number three, by faith people obeyed God. The people, the Israelites, obeyed God and crossed on dry ground. It was scary. It had never been done before. But they took one step of faith at a time. God protected them and delivered them. And the same thing. Keep walking by faith. Even if it seems like the night is long, keep taking one step of faith after the next. God will reward that faith. He'll bring the light, the freedom, and the new life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you very much that you have always been faithful. So many of us can give many testimonies of how we have been caught in a situation where we felt trapped. We felt like we took the long way. We didn't know why you were leading us in that specific way to that place. But then you opened our eyes, and then you worked powerfully. Lord, you are a mighty God, a powerful God. You are a faithful God. You are worthy of our faith and our trust. And I pray that all of us, with your help, the working of your Spirit within us, help us increase our faith. Help us to be a testimony to other people around us that you are trustworthy, that you are dependable, that you will always back up our confidence in you. You will not let us be put to shame for believing and trusting in you. Thank you for this story, Lord. Thank you for the truth in it. Pray these things in the name of Jesus.